0: Um, hello. Hello. So, um, I think that today we are here to talk about Indigenous populations and whether or not governments, companies, and other organizations should be allowed to utilize land for natural resource extraction.
1: If the land is home to either tribal or indigenous populations, and the resources being extractable of an overall benefit for the human race, first off, let's take a look at our first article called Biodiversity, But They're in Danger.
0: While reading this article, it can be confirmed the writer is defending these indigenous populations. Even though they make up less than 5% of the world's population, indigenous people protect 80% of global biodiversity. Their role in this is what we are going to be discussing today.
1: Personally, just from looking at the compilation of evidence, it can be clear to see here in this article it represents Gleb Rigorzi's view of all this. I mean, his title is literally, Indigenous Peoples Defend Earth's Biodiversity, But They're in Danger.
0: I agree. His points being used in the article, as well, project a great deal of worry for the audience already. Gleb gives an excellent point, being, The Indigenous Peoples of the Amazon have proven to be the best guardian of their traditional territories. He adds, the fact that the Amazon ecosystems are as rich as they are today is proof of how successful these cultures have been in living in balance with their environment.
1: Oh, of course. It's been known for a while indigenous people probably take better care of their land than anyone else. They leave it as it is. It is known that many companies may profit off of the land for unnecessary reasons such as cosmetic purposes, materialistic purposes, and more.
0: And don't forget Gleb's next point, which is that the Sapar people were once a thriving nation that totaled somewhere between 20,000 to 30,000. Comprising of more than 200 tribes, now there are only around 400 Zapara living in Ecuador and Peru. Following the Spanish conquest of the 16th century, the Zapara, like other indigenous groups in the region, were decimated by epidemics of measles, smallpox, and yellow fever, among other European gifts.
1: Of course, this further shows that if the land had been left alone in the first place, everything would have been t- better off. The indigenous peoples usually take much better care of the land than they own than the foreigner, as shown in this next essay.
0: To paraphrase, Gleb essentially states, little has been done to acknowledge the Sapara's role in biodiversity conservation and reduce the growing external threats to their ancestral territory. The government of Ecuador continues to view indigenous peoples as an obstacle to economic growth and is pushing for oil development in the region by auctioning off blocks of the Sapara Naku it considers underpopulated and underutilized. It is time to acknowledge the role of the Separa and other indigenous peoples for doing the most critical thing that could be done under the imminent threat of biodiversity to loss and climate change, and that is looking after their sacred Naku.
1: All around the world, indigenous peoples are displaced from their land due to ecotourism, conservatism, and large-scale projects. Other references include this expert by Nina Strolik in her article, Why Pygmies Are Dealing Weed to Survive, in which she writes of pygmy communities who make a living off of growing marijuana, which is a very risky business.
0: This is where the situation gets a bit tricky. Overall, our argument has been, no, no, no. Profiting off the land is bad. However, this seems like an exception.
1: I totally agree. I feel to this extent because these people only live on one or two dollars a day. This is the sort of exception. These poor people are even sometimes kept as slaves. For them, marijuana can offer a reliable income. Some say they are beaten and arrested for growing the plant. Other times, soldiers and police officers are their customers.
0: Man, this whole thing is really confusing. On one hand, we have that people should not be profiting off of indigenous land. But on the other hand, there are exceptions. I don't know if we can come to a resolution.
1: We also have evidence from journalist Stephen Lee from his article, This is the world's most destructive oil operation, and it's growing. In Alberta, Canada, the world's largest industrial project is taking place, oil extraction. The process of oil extraction leaves large amounts of waste that are deposited in waste ponds.
0: Stephen explains, scattered along the banks of the Athabasca River, is one of the world's largest collections of tailings waste ponds. These are so toxic, ducks and other birds have to be prevented from going near them. As one of the native indigenous says, the oil sands industry has been very destructive to the environment and our communities in the region.
1: Another native states has had a huge impact on caribou, bison, moose, birds, fish, the water, and the forest. It's affected our ability to travel, to gather food from the land, and it's really overwhelming.
0: Overall, I feel no governments, companies, or other organizations should be allowed to utilize land for natural resource extraction, no matter if the land is home to either tribal or indigenous populations, and the resources being extracted will have an overall benefit on the human
1: right. I agree. As has been proven by these indigenous people that they have been able to successfully take care of their land despite the imminent threat of biodiversity loss and climate change, but the destruction of natural resource extraction desert the land so much worse